We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. It is Tuesday, November 29th. Nick Whalen here with DJ Trainer. We have a special guest who is kind enough to join us on the podcast today. He is Aaron McMahon, Detroit Pistons beat writer for MLive.com. We had a great discussion with him about the Pistons up and down season so far, got some details on the team's upcoming move into the city, and finally got to the bottom of who has the worst hair on the team. So without further ado, let's get to Aaron. All right, so we are pleased to be joined by Aaron McMahon. He covers the Detroit Pistons for MLive.com. Aaron, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us. Yeah, no problem. Good afternoon. It's, it's good to be with you. So the Pistons play at the Hornets tonight. Are you in Charlotte right now? I am. I'm, I don't know if you can see, but I'm, I'm in a hotel room. I'm actually in a Fairfield uh, in suites. Nice, nice. Great, great acoustics wow. at the Fairfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got back from shoot-around about a half hour ago. So, yeah, I am I'm in town. Do you usually travel to, to most away games? Yeah, yeah, I've gone to uh, every one up to this point. Yep. 
Very cool. And how long have you been on the beat? Uh, this is really, I mean, my first full year as, as the guy, um, I was kind of a backup last year. Um, I was paired with, with, uh, another, another guy by the name of David Mayo. Okay. Um, so I covered all the home games last year and then got, uh, uh, one, one road game. I actually covered that triple overtime game in Chicago last, last December. Um, and then I, I covered the, the playoff series in Cleveland too. Okay. So. Are you from Michigan originally? Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised in uh, suburban Detroit. So I'm familiar with the team. I'm familiar with the, the city and everything else. So yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll talk a little bit later about uh, the Pistons announcing, I think it was last week, that they're going to move downtown uh, and kind of what that means, I guess, for the city. Um, but I'm just curious, personally, like how, how much is that 04 title team like still revered in Michigan? Yeah, I know. It was huge. I, I was in, um, I'm trying to think, I think I was a freshman in high school then. I'm only, for, for I guess, background, I'm, I'm only 27 years old. Okay. Um, I graduated college a few years ago. I'm, I think, I want to say I was... Either it was a freshman in high school or I was an eighth eighth grader in middle school, um, but it was a big deal. You know, it was a team that that came together. Um, you know, as many of you, you know, many of the folks who follow know. I mean, it was a team of basically misfits. You know, guys who were kind of thrown together and and gelled and worked together, and then they 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 beat the Lakers, who they're heavily. Um, you know, the Lakers obviously were the heavy favorites at, at that point, but it really galvanized the city. I mean, Detroit at, at its core is a basketball town um and when the pistons are winning that the fans come out and support them i mean the city loves basketball and, and everything else so it was a big deal i mean people still talk about it in, in fact uh last season the pistons retired uh the jerseys for ben wallace and chauncey billups both of whom were on that team and and those i think were the only two sellouts of the season of the regular season i should say so people came out that they, they revere those guys and and they they love them and and they still talk about that team to this day Aaron, you're a young guy like ourselves. We're right in the same wheelhouse in terms of when, you know, the, how old we were when that happened. Uh, Nick and I have talked about this a little bit, but, I mean, do you think a team will ever uh, win a title again like that, having no true superstar? The Mavs came close, of course, in 2011, but I think you could argue that Dirk was probably a better individual player than Chauncey, Rip, or the Wallaces were. You know, that that's a good question, and I'm sure we'll see it at some point. It, it was funny because that came up, I want to say, a few weeks ago on a topic with, with Pistons coach Dan Van Gundy, you know, whether or not, you know, these super teams are, are the way to go nowadays. I mean, he said, and he said, obviously, that's one way to win, um, but he, he he felt like, you know, you can still win with, with, with you know, uh, role got, role-playing guys. I mean, you need that, that dominant anchor whether it's the center or the point guard or whatever the case may be you still need that guy um but you know he he said you can still do it and i and i think you too you can to some degree i mean look at look at that pistons team they beat a lakers squad that you know had kobe bryant shaquille o'neal that you know they were destined to win so i think it, yeah it can it still can it, it can still be done absolutely uh, it might be a little bit more difficult nowadays with, with you know teams loading up more so than maybe in previous seasons but but yeah absolutely i think that i think there's there's always a place for for that type of basketball and that type of type of team to, to win absolutely so you're a central michigan grad like you said you're from michigan on a scale of one to ten how much of a god is chris Kamen at central <laughs> michigan you know he, basketball isn't a huge deal at cmu at least when i was there it, we're, we're more of a football school but no his name always comes up um his, his banners hung in the, in the gymnasium um you know and he was an interesting guy because when, when i from what i understand i wasn't there when he was there but from from based on history and everything and everything i've been told um he uh he was a guy that they he wasn't heavily recruited in high school um you know cmu didn't i don't think they knew at the time what they had on their hands and he was a guy that that kind of developed you know and by the time he got to his i think sophomore junior year he finally started to to blossom um, and, and became that that potential NBA guy that that, that you saw. Um, so no, he's still at you know uh, revered. He still comes back every now and then, um, and he, he's definitely. I would say he's probably the best player to to come to come out of there. 
Nick and I are actually graduates of the University of Wisconsin. Stan Van Gundy actually coached the team for a little bit. I, we, we both just admire in that and relish in that and uh, think of a bygone era that it was. But uh, we, we, <laughs> we love Van Gundy. But what's your favorite part or what has it been like interacting with him on a daily basis? Yeah, I'll go back to day, today, actually. You know, we, we, you know, we started with it. Uh, morning shoot around talking you know, about the team and, and the game tonight and everything else. Um, but he went on, you know, afterwards he kind of went on a you know, 20 minute tangent. Somebody asked him about Russell Wells rest book and, and triple doubles and, and everything else. And he went, he went back to, you know, I guess you'd say the good old days. He mentioned Oscar Robertson and how he averaged a triple double for five seasons. And he brought up all these, um, these historical feats and, and figures. And the guy is just, unafraid to give his opinion which which is refreshing nowadays you know today you know athletes and coaches and everything else you know they, they want to play the politically correct card they want to you know only say what's um you know politically correct or politically expedient for them which is it's understandable you don't want to get you know risk yourself getting fired or, or whatever the case may be um but stan's just a breath of fresh air you know he he speaks his mind um you may disagree with him as some folks did when he when he spoke out against uh president-elect donald trump um but but he's he's not afraid to give his opinion and I, I think that's the most that's the best thing about covering this team you know you're always going to get a sound bite out of him you're always going to get a comment on whatever the case may be uh, he's not afraid to address the controversial issues um, and he's, you know, by, by, I would say, you know, he's up there probably in the top two or three NBA coaches to, to deal with. Yeah. Kind of a dream, I would think for a beat writer, <laughs> but how much does he actually live up to the reputation, you know, that he's played in the media? Like to us, you know, we see, you know, all these, these type of kind of funny stories that come up, you know, the, the Photoshop of him on the bike last year, like things like that. Like, is he actually kind of like that quirky as he seems, or is he a little, or is that a little bit played up by the media? Um, going back to that photo, actually, most people don't know this. It was actually an MLive.com photographer that took that photo. Um, that and that wasn't photoshopped. Yeah, I was, was going to say. I was like, I hope that's not photoshopped. No, he was actually. It was, it was this this time last season, maybe maybe a month or two. It was October, I want to say, last season. There was a they were doing a um, you know, an event downtown Detroit, a bike sharing event or bike riding event. The, the, the for for background the community, you know, they they organized by the thousands in downtown Detroit and just ride bikes, you know, up and down the city at night. Well, the Pistons went down there one night. Um, the whole team, Van Gunny and everything else. Um, and that's when they got the photo. Um, but it became a viral sensation, as I'm sure you guys know. But that's kind of how he is. You know, Stan t- tends to find himself in the right spots at, at the right time. Um, we were at a, a Thanksgiving event last week in, in Detroit as well. Um, but the guy walks in. He's a magnet for people. I mean, people come up to him and, and, and you know, talk to him. And he's not afraid to talk to folks. But, no, that's, that's who he is. I mean, he'll, he'll have a conversation with you about life. He'll, I mean, I remember a few weeks ago before the, the, the election, we after we talked to him or practice, we – we sat there and spoke and talked to him for about an hour on politics. You know, the guy's intelligent. He knows what he's talking about, um, and he's not afraid to speak his mind, you know, on, on topics other than basketball. Love it. Absolutely love it. I'm jealous that you get to follow him around the nation and, and just talk with him for, for a good portion of the year. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into some specific player questions here. And, of course, uh, we got to start with Reggie Jackson. I saw you tweet right before we jumped on here that he's not going to play tonight. Of course, that comes as no surprise considering Van Gundy indicated Monday that he does not expect Jackson to return during the Pistons' current road trip, th- three-game road trip, of course. How much has this team missed Reggie Jackson? Why don't we start there? I think quite a bit. I think it's. I think they've realized they've missed him more than maybe they thought. 
Um, you know, Jackson's a guy who, you know, he led the team in scoring last season, 18 points. Uh, he, he averaged nearly seven assists per game. So when you look at the math, he was he was accounting for nearly, you know, between 30 and 35 points uh, a game last season. And that's that's a healthy, you know, amount. Um, so they, they were looking for production elsewhere. They've gotten some of it from Ish Smith. They've looked for other guys, you know, between whether it was Tobias Harris, Marcus Morris. Um, they've gone to Andre Drummond more in the post. Um, but they haven't been able to fully replace them, and and you've seen that in their in their um, their offense. I mean, they're 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 only averaging 96 points per game. They're struggling to shoot at times, especially from the perimeter. Um, so he's he's meant a lot. Um, he's he's it's it's they felt him quite a bit. I mean, they're off to an eight and ten start. Um, maybe haven't felt him so much defensively, but it's it's been a struggle offensively. And, and, and in fact, we you know we spoke to Van Gundy today at Shootaround about it, and he. He acknowledged that you know they're they're starting to feel it. Um, they're waiting on him to come back. It should be. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's back by the Pistons host Orlando on Sunday. I would be surprised if that that's when he comes back. But they they, they clearly need him. Um, Ish Smith's done his job, he, or at least he's tried to do, do his job. Um, but you know Ish is a backup. Um, I think most people realize that, and uh, it, it, he's he's been a big big loss for this team. You know, there were there were reports, at least when Jackson first went down, you know, kind of in the beginning of camp that, you know, they were looking to acquire another point guard. And, and obviously they brought in Beno Udria. But like, were they looking for someone maybe a little bit better than that? Or was the idea all along just to kind of bring in some veteran depth you know, in a guy like Udria? Yeah, I don't think they were looking to swing a huge deal. You know, in fact, we asked about that because I think we saw a couple of reports before. Right. I mean, that was before they even got Benno. Um, and in Stan, at least from what he told us, he said no, they were lo- weren't looking to make a splashy move because to do that, you know, they would have had to to, to make some drastic changes with the, with their lineup and you know maybe gotten got rid of maybe a wing or, or maybe a draft pick or whatever the case may be. Stan didn't really want to do that, um, so he, he they went the veteran route and got Benno. Um, and I think Benno's kind of worked out better than they thought. You know, the, the original plan was to go with Ray McCallum, um, a, a former University of Detroit guy, and you know he looked okay during tr- training camp. Um, but Benno's come off the bench so far, and I think exceeded expectations. You know, he, he's got a good pull-up jumper. Um, he, he doesn't he doesn't do a whole doesn't do a whole lot in terms of uh, anything outside of his comfort zone. Um, he's good at spreading the floor. He's good at, at, at um, you know um, moving the basketball. So he's done what Van Gundy's asked, and, and I. I think it's it, from from that perspective, it's it's worked out. Even without Jackson, is there a sense of disappointment, or do you kind of feel that being around the team in the fact that they're eight and ten? I mean, this was a team that some people thought could finish maybe as high as second or third in the East, and you know, again, they don't have Reggie Jackson, but are they still disappointed despite that loss? I, I think they're eight and ten right now. I would say they're right about where they wanted, but I would say this: the disappointment so far has been the the drastic drop defensively between playing at home and on the road. I mean, they're giving up 15 more points per game to opponents on the road. Um, they're one and eight uh, away from the Palace of Auburn Hills. They're, they're and then they got this three game road trip coming up. Um, they've just struggled on the road, and it's it's and if every game it's it's kind of been the similar story i mean they, they get out to a, st- a slow start offensively um they eventually shoot their way out of it um but they can't play any defense and it's van gunny's been baffled by it we talked to him about it yesterday and he said he's never seen anything like it you know he, he keeps uh putting on effort um and, and rotations in terms of on, on the floor um but it's it's been it's been interesting and um and i think that's probably where they've they've been um the most surprised by you know they they figured if they can get through these first 20 to 25 games without reggie around 500 it'd be okay um they're, they're right there right now at eight and ten but the gap between the whole playing at home on the road is been just 
baffling. And, and I think if they once they get Reggie back, um, that'll that'll sure up some. I mean, they've they're their they're, they're last place in the league in three point shooting. I think Reggie will help change that. Um, and and it, I think that's where I think they're more more surprised by. Let's talk about Stanley Johnson now. Obviously, he's moving into his second year in the league. He's only 20 years old, and I think that might be the answer to some of this question I'm about to ask you here. Um, but he was suspended for Friday's game, or yeah, Friday's game against the Clippers. But then he came back against Oklahoma City, only played two minutes. I mean, this is supposed to be the future of the Pistons franchise. I think a lot of people were hoping and expecting him to have a bigger role at this point um, since he's been here a year and a half already. Uh, quite simply, what's up with Stanley Johnson? Why isn't he playing more? That that's a good question. It's one we haven't really gotten it, a straight answer to. I, I think I know. You know, it, coming into training camp, and this goes back to last season. Stanley really struggled to shoot the basketball. I think he shot thirty-seven half percent. They made a um, a, uh, a concerted effort in the offseason to change his shot a little bit. They actually hired a shooting coach for Stanley and helped kind of um, bring his release up a little bit. They they thought his release was too low. Maybe that's why it wasn't getting uh, clear shots off at times. Um, we were told that during training camp that his shot improved, had improved, and, and everything else. But as training camp went on, you know, Stan, we, we kept getting the, you know, the the unsure from from Stan Van Gundy. You know, he kept saying, "Well, you know, I, I think Stanley's making, you know, making progress, but I'm not sure." Um, and then as the preseason went along, you know, we saw he wasn't playing a ton, and when he did play, he was struggling turning the basketball over, and that was another issue from for him last season. He just hasn't been able to to get over the uh, the, the freshman struggles, I guess. Um, you know, Stan. St- st- and uh, originally he was the uh, the premier, the the number two option off the bench when it came to the wing and, and, and right. shooting guard behind Contavious Caldwell Pope. He's kind of been demoted now to, to small forward, which has which doesn't automatically doesn't get as many minutes because you've got three guys at four between you know Marcus Morris, Tobias Harris, John Lohr. They're eating up most of those minutes. Um, so Stanley's kind of in 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 between spot right now. You know they know what they got from from an effort and defensive standpoint, but he's really struggled offensively. The Pistons are struggling offensively right now. Um, so they've been looking at other options. You know they went with Reggie Bullock for a little while. Um, Bullock's out for an indefinite period of time now with a torn meniscus. They were looking at Darren Hilliard. Their their second round pick this past season, Michael Benajay's, um apparently looked really good in practice. I Man, Gunny's talked him up quite a bit. Um, so they're looking at other options right now. Um, and, and then it goes back to the, uh, the suspension last week, too. You know, I, I think Stanley's still in his freshman mode. Um, you know, uh, he's he's still young. Like you said, he's 20 years old. He's learning. Um, you got to get this kid some time. I don't – some fans – some business fans have called for, you know, to trade him or get rid of him. They think he's a false already. <laughs> I, I, I think it's really, really too soon. You know, they just picked up his option for, for next season. He's going to be around for a little while. Um, you've got some, uh, some, some growing pains with him. I mean, that's, it's going to happen. I think, you know, you, you ride it out for another year or two and see what, see what you got. You know, um, during the preseason, uh, Van Gundy kept talking to Stanley, actually. He, uh, he, in terms of his struggles, Van Gunny was trying to get him to focus on defense and, and other things. Defense, ball movement, rebounding, something other than shooting just to get his game going. I mean, and some of the names he threw at him were Jimmy Butler. Bill, Butler was a perfect example, a guy who came into the league and didn't do much his first few years. You know, he, he struggled to shoot the basketball, and, and they got him about doing other things. Then he finally got comfortable on the floor. Started scoring more, and then he's you know now he's playing pretty pretty well. Um, so uh, so that's kind of the, the avenue uh, Van Gundy took with him. Uh, he just hasn't turned the corner yet offensively. Um, and the Pistons, and that's not, that's not an area the Pistons have struggled in. I think once Reggie Jackson comes back, you might see Stan a little bit more, just because they can afford to. to, to you know maybe work with him a little bit more in games. But right now, when they're struggling to score, um, they need scoring options, and Stanley just hasn't been that so far. 
Do you know what the suspension was specifically for? I mean, violation of team rules is always so general, and it, and it leads to speculation. I don't, I don't know if you're if you're willing or able to say, but is there something? You know, was there a specific incident that occurred? No, no incident as far as I know. Nothing can, I can confirm at this point. But I will say, I don't. From what I've heard, rumor wise, and the team officials haven't confirmed anything. It wasn't anything major. It was like mm-hmm. shooting a blade to shoot around and stuff. Right. Um, rookie rookie stuff again. Right. You know, so I think Stanley just hasn't gotten over that that mm-hmm. stuff at this point. So we talked about the Pistons' uh, issues defensively on the road. Uh, I mean, they're ranked 26 in scoring overall, 20th in offensive rating. Um, I mean, is there one or two areas in particular in which they've really struggled? I, I know last week Van Gundy you know, called out the team's rebounding after a loss. I mean, is it just kind of a, an amalgamation of a bunch of things right now? Yeah, you know, it's it's. And I know there have been a few, a couple close games. One in New York, uh, the another the uh, the other day against. Uh, Boston, and they struggled to rebound down the stretch in games. You know, there's one game against Boston. I think Van Gundy regretted taking Andre Drummond out of the game late. You know, he feared maybe he was going to be fouled. Um, but you know, it, yeah, it really has been a culmination of things. You know, they've struggled to guard, guard the perimeter at times. They're, they struggle with the that help man. Um, they, they struggle uh, with, with uh, against teams, bigger teams with than them. You know, in the paint, they, there, there's so many different things. And then there's these games where they don't rebound on the stretch. So it's been, I think, it's really been a culmination of, of di- many different things. Um, and they're just, they're just, and I think it, it goes back to two different things. You know, effort. Um, and and reading the reads and, and defensive formations, it's 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 really been interesting to follow. You know that you don't see something like this every day, um, and and it's it, Van Gundy thinks, and and I, I think I would I would venture to agree. You know it, it, this this unit's fairly new with 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 Ish coming in. You know as as the, uh, the the leader, I guess so to speak, the starting point guard. Um, they're still trying to get things together, but at the same time, they've been able to do it at home. So that's been the question mark. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really been a culmination of things. All right, Aaron, you knew this question was coming or some type of formation of this question was coming. Andre Drummond, uh, free throw shooting from the line, 46% this season, which is actually a career high, believe it or not, 30% or 36%, excuse me, last season. Is this just pure chance or has there been a noticeable improvement in his shooting from the line? I, I will say this: He started the year even better than that. He was over fifty percent for a while. I mean, he's taken a dip uh, as of late. Um, but you know, the guy's—he's working at it, and and this is something I think that people don't realize. He has worked on it over the last few years. Even last year, when he shot thirty-five and a half percent from the floor. You know, we go into—we're not let into practice until till late. You know, once they're basically wrapping up. Um, but a lot of times, they are shooting free throws then, and and, and Drummond always was. You know, he—he always he always working on it. Um, he he. he um, you know, d- during halftime of games, he'll come out of the locker room and start to shoot free throws. So something's worked at, but uh, but I guess I'm not surprised. You know, the, the Pistons have done different things with him. They sh- they brought in a professional shooting coach, Dave Hoppe, last season, um, to work with him. They uh, they used some technology last season, a shooting sleeve to help try and um, cons- make his his form consistent. Come on, um, a shooting sleeve, really? There's a lot of shooting coaches coming in, and that's it. that's why everybody wears. That's why Iverson wore it. <laughs> Yeah, it's they've they've and they've tried almost everything. And then this last off season, uh, this I guess this is Drummond's idea, but he wanted to do a virtual reality, um, positive enforcement type thing. So he basically put on some goggles, um, and watched video of himself making free throws over and over again. <laughs> so he, he yeah, because there's know, no actual footage of that happening anywhere else, so it has to be virtual reality. Right. Right. <laughs> But then this again. But at the beginning of this preseason too, he developed a new uh, new form or new routine, I guess. And if, if you know, if you watch him at the line now during games, he'll he'll walk to half court, say something to himself, and walk back. 
I mean, and it's more, I think of a, you know, a uh, being in rhythm type of thing. You know, he's, 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 he's moving. Um, he's, he's not standing still. And I think that's what hurts him, you know, between, um, having, having a lack of rhythm last season. And then the, the, the fact that he, he was so bad and he knew it, you know, that's something that weighs on his mind and, and he said so. Um, so I think that the, between, between all the things they've done, um, the, the, and then the, the new rhythm, I think, or the new routine, I should say, it's helped them. You know, I don't anticipate him being much more than a 50% free throw shooter for his career. Um, in fact, I think his number, his career number was, uh, was what, 38%, I think, coming into this year. Yeah. Um, that's, I figured he would be, you know, his, his volume so far of free throws has gone down. You know, he shot more free throws last year than anybody else in the NBA. I don't anticipate that happening this season. So I think his, by, by nature, his free throw percentage is going to go up. I'm curious to see where he ends up. You know, he's, like you say, he's at forty six percent right now. He was at fifty percent a couple of weeks ago. Um, so if he if he can even like hang around forty five um, for the season, I think that's that's a win for the Pistons. I mean, the thing with Drummond is that at least it looks okay. Like if you go back to you like Dwight, you know, it's all with him. It's kind of like all forearm. The elbow never really bends. Same with DeAndre. Go back to Shaq. You know, Drummond shoots free throws like form wise, like you would like him to. They just don't ever seem to go in. Uh, yeah. Henry Elson. Uh, he's a he's a Marquette guy, somebody we've kind of kept an eye on being around here in Wisconsin. Hasn't really been much of a rotation player at all for Detroit. I don't think he's played in something like the last five or six games, uh, only something like 20 minutes total on the season. Is that what the expectation should be for the whole year? I mean, is this pretty much a developmental season for him? I would say so. You know, ti- the, I'm sorry, I was going to say the Tigers. The, uh, the Pistons are so loaded <laughs> up forward, you know, between, like I said, Tobias Harris, Marcus Morris. John Lures had a... a, a an incredible or a good start to the season you know the Pistons don't really need Ellens much now this was last year two years ago I think you'd see him playing a little bit more um but but that doesn't mean the Pistons don't like him you know Van Gundy raved about him in in the training camp they love his they love his offense they think they love his shooting his ball handling um they think he can compete right now in terms of from an offensive standpoint um but he's got to he's got to bulk up um he's got to get better defensively and I think that's what they're using uh, this season more as more as um but but going down the line next year or two I think you'll you'll see him play a little bit more more. Um, but the Pistons thought they got a steal on him. They didn't. They didn't expect to get him in, in the draft. He kind of, you know, fell down, fell down to the Pistons. But and, and then they took him. They didn't, like I said, they didn't really need him. I mean, they've got they got a bulk of a bunch of forwards. Um, but but they like him, and I think you'll see him begin begin to contribute here and uh, here in a year or two. So I'm really curious. Obviously, we're here in Wisconsin. You got a couple of Wisconsin boys backing up power forward. Do you think Ellenson's game could p- perhaps mirror Lure's game in the future? And also, is there any kind of mentoring going on there? Because obviously, these guys, uh, in the long run, I'm, I'm assuming Detroit would like Ellenson to be a stretch four, and of course, that's what Lure has uh, hung his hat on so far over his NBA career. Yeah, there really is a lot of similarities between their game, just you know, and the, the way they play, um, their, their shooting ability. Um, you know, Ellenson's another guy who can shoot the three when necessary. Um, but yeah, absolutely. In terms of mentoring, you know, I guess I, I don't I don't know that so much. I know Henry's leaned on Andre Drummond quite a bit. I know he's he's hung around with some of the vets between Marcus Morris um, um, and and Tobias. Um, he plays often w- with with the rookies. We'll walk into practice and he's playing a lot of three on three or two on two with Stanley Johnson, Darren Hilliard. Um, uh, Michael Benege, those those type of guys, uh, but no, yeah, they're him and Lure are very similar, um, and th- th- those guys may may very well be the, the future for the Pistons. You know, Lure's under contract for another three years. Um, Van Gundy really likes his game, so yeah, I mean, a couple of years from now, those may those 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 two may be uh, the, the the guys at forward. Yeah, I mean, Ellenson went 18th overall. I remember talking to him at at the combine back in I think late May, and at that point he was he was saying, you know, I was being told I could go as high as seven, eight. I think the Raptors at at nine or ten 
were a common landing spot. So I, I think they definitely got a bargain there. And I just like that he can handle the ball. Like my concern maybe was that like they made him the man, you know, last year at, Mar- at Marquette, you know, coming in as the sixth overall recruiter or whatever he was like, I don't know in Detroit if he's ever going to have the opportunity to like bring the ball up and break guys down one-on-one. Like to me, that's where he differs a little bit from Lure. Cause I don't think Lure ever really had that ability. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I don't see him handle, you know, in terms of, yeah, like you mentioned, bringing the ball on the court. I don't see that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but Van Gundy likes those big guys that can handle the ball. He likes, Van Gundy likes being ahead of the curve. You know, he likes those, you know, before he, he likes those fours and fives who, who can handle the ball, who can stretch the floor. Um, you st- you're starting to see that a little bit more with drum and he's, he's venturing outside the paint and, and developing a little bit more of a post presence. Uh, but yeah, no, he, he fits Van Gundy's system. He, he seems to, uh, to, and, and he seems to be well liked. I will say that. All right. So last week, Pistons announced they're moving back downtown. Uh, they've been playing in Auburn Hills uh, since 1988 or so, Wikipedia tells me. So they're moving into Little Caesars Arena with the Red Wings. Uh, was this something that had been in talks for a while? But I feel like, you know, nationally, there wasn't much made of this. And then all of a sudden, there's this announcement that uh, seemingly out of nowhere, at least for us outside of Michigan, the Pistons are back downtown. It's been a really weird uh, uh, timeline, I guess. You know, Tom Gore is the, the Pistons owner, bought the team in 2011. Um, he, he's spoken for years about the eventual want to move the team downtown. You know, he he, he envisioned this this team um, playing in an urban environment. Um, you know, and, and Detroit's really gone through a renaissance here in the last five years. You know, if you would have gone down, downtown Detroit six, seven, eight years ago, um, it was it was deserted. You know, you had the sports teams, you got some casinos. Uh, but there's so much more going on now. You know, apartments are going up. Businesses are moving down there. Um, stores are going up. Restaurants are going up. So I, I think Gore has felt the need now, um, especially with the new arena going in, to, 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 get, to get in on that. You know, if he would have waited another year or two, I don't know if this would have happened just because, you know, the arena isn't completely done yet. Um, but the Pistons got in in time to, to get the modifications required uh, for the inside of the arena. So it was something Gore has, I think, envisioned. Um, and, and I think that's why you saw this come together so so quickly, just because the arena is going up and the Pistons are, or I'm sorry, the Red Wings are moving next year. Um, it was it was just the timing was correct. Um, but no, this was something Gore's envisioned for a while, and and I most of us expected to happen. But you're right, it did happen swiftly. Um, it was something that's kind of you know just came up six eight months ago. Um, but no, it's it's it was something that was in the works. I I would say. Aaron, let me just follow up on that real quick before we move into rapid fire. I was just in Detroit like maybe eight months ago uh, for the first time downtown. I really like where Joe Lewis Arena is now. It's right on the water, nice view of Canada. But now you have Little Caesars moving over by Comerica, by Ford Field. Do you like the approach where you have all the stadiums and complexes in the same area? Do you like them spread out? Are you going to miss that like on the water spot? I know Philadelphia also too. Like All the arenas are within maybe like a thousand feet of each other all bunched up do you like that approach from detroit or would you rather move towards the water no i do you know having them close together makes sense from from a fan standpoint you know you can you can throw up businesses around there you can you can uh you know, develop the area economically. You know, the water makes sense from, from I guess, a visual standpoint. I will say this, you know, 10, 20 years ago, the, there was a greater vision for, for development on that, that water area. You know, the downtown Detroit has three different casinos. And originally the plan was to put all three on the, on the, on the casino, or I'm sorry, on the waterfront there, the Detroit River, um, to compare it with Joe Lewis Arena. There's also Cobo Arena there, Cobo Center, which, which has North American International Auto Show, the biggest auto show in the United States. So there's stuff that goes on there. Um, but, but they never, that they never really pulled off what they wanted to do there. Um, they developed a little bit, but it hasn't, it hasn't become what I guess they expected. Um, so then, you know, you saw Comerica Park go up, uh, closer to the highway, 
Um, and then the plan was to move uh, the, the Red Wings closer to, to there. Um, but no, it makes sense. I mean, everything's pretty much going to be with walkable. Um, it's um, you got a lot of shops, restaurants, and, and bars around there. So no, from a fan standpoint, it makes sense. I mean, I would rather um, be able to walk from, from place to place than, than drive. And that's what you kind of have to do right now. Joe Louis Arena is still about a mile away from Comerica right. Park. Yeah. You could walk it, but in the winter, it's tough and, and, and everything else. So no, it's it's probably the most ideal ideal situation for Detroit. Have you been able to get a sense at all of what the players think about this? I would assume that they'd prefer to be closer to downtown. Yeah, you know, it was funny come, running up to the announcement. You know, none of the players really want to talk about it. All they would say was, you know, we'll play wherever, wherever right. we're told to play. But once the announcement happened, you know, we, we spoke to a couple of players and, and they and they said, they basically said it's about time. You know, they've been waiting for this. You know, Pistons are, I think, the only remaining NBA team not to play in, in, in the in city limits. Wow. Um, so, so, you know, the players, you know, and the players realize that, you know, when you go to other cities and, and you see the setup and you see, you know, where teams play and everything else, you know, you, you notice the type of stuff. So, and then they realize, you know, that most of their fan base, uh, the NBA obviously caters to an urban environment, urban crowd is downtown is, is in Detroit. So they want to be closer to that, that fan base, that crowd. Um, and, and they, they feel, they, they feel like, you know, there's more excitement down there. And I, I think you'll see that resonate with attendance. You know, the Pistons last year made the playoffs or anything else but they were bottom i think five or six in the nba when it, when it came to attendance like i mentioned earlier the only sellouts were for games that were you know jerseys were, were retired one of which was against golden state so uh you know unless unless there was a big event going on the fans haven't been able to haven't shown up you know granted the pistons were bad for for several years you know there were team there were, there were teams where you know i probably wouldn't have wanted you know wouldn't have wanted to to drive 40 minutes to watch um uh so that that, is, that plays into it as well um, but no, when they move downtown, I think they'll you'll, they'll see attendance uh, increase, and I think the uh, the excitement for the team will, will come back. That's insider information right there, if I've ever heard it before. All right, let's move into the rapid fire round. Let's kick it off with favorite Pistons player of all time, Aaron. Oh man, uh, I'm going to go with Grant Hill. You know, growing up, I was a big Grant Hill fan. Uh, I had his jersey. Um, I, you know, I was I, I watched him all the time. He was the reason I was a Pistons fan. So probably Grant Hill. Okay, fair enough. I'm I'm going with Rashid on that one for sure. Did Rashid did Rashid play there long enough that like he was embraced? I mean, obviously being on the championship oh, yeah. team helps. Yeah, and they still chant his name whenever he comes back. They'll <laughs> chant. So I, at that point, I was in high school, um, and I guess I was a fan. I, I was a big fan of Chauncey Billups at that point too. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I was in high school, and the and this might sound uh, you know. Uh, you know, journalist of me, but my, my fandom was wearing on that point. You know, I watched the games and everything else. It wasn't, you know, that yeah, I wasn't wearing the jerseys. I wasn't wearing, the, you know, the, the gear or anything. So okay. the fandom was starting to wear. But uh, but no, Grant Hill was my, my guy. Okay. Most underrated team in the NBA right now? <sighs> if you would ask me this a week ago, I probably would have told you the Los Angeles Clippers just because right. they came out of the gate. But now they're starting to get the, rec- rec- the recognition they probably deserve. Um, gosh. Underrated. I, I'm just gonna go with the Clippers just uh, just okay. because yeah. I think I think they got a real shot to win the West. I do. All right, fair enough. No surprise here. Then most overrated team in the NBA. Overrated. Hmm. This was a lot easier in the preseason. Everybody said yeah. Knicks and Bulls when we had people on. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking the Knicks were underrated just because they're in the playoff hunt and everything else. They played right. pretty well. Overrated. Yeah, I, I want to say Golden State, but I don't know if that might get me in trouble. <laughs> they they the, almost got beat by Atlanta last night. Well, yeah, all the preseason hype and they're expected to win, and they probably will. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, you know, with the superstars and everything else, but may, maybe Golden State just because of the, the past and the, the superstars and, and everything else. Okay. I like, now, it. I like I, it. 
that doesn't mean they're not going to win the NBA title because they probably will. But, right. you know. Okay, yeah. well, that, well, we'll get to that question in just a second, I guess. Um, but the Pistons are 10th right now in the East. You know, they're getting Reggie Jackson back, like we said. If they move into the top eight, which team currently in the top eight uh, are they going to end up passing and kind of kicking out of the playoff race? Um, I, you know, I will say this, and, and we're only, you know, 20 games in or whatever. I'm surprised that Atlanta's doing as well as they are right now. You know, they're at third, what are they, third in the East right now. Um, I could see Atlanta falling. I don't know if they'll fall out of the playoff picture. Um, um, Charlotte, I could, I could see maybe falling out. They're, they're, they've been playing pretty well, too. Um, gosh, kicking out. Yeah, we got the Pacers at seven and the Knicks at Ooh, yeah, eight okay. for reference. See, see, I had, see, I had going into the season. I had Indiana better than they were. I think I had them finishing third. I had yeah, Atlanta. Out. Okay, I'll say they kick Atlanta. I'll say Atlanta's okay. going to struggle with the stretch and be kicked out. All right, we alluded to it. NBA champions, Warriors or the field? Mm-hmm. Warriors. Let's go with it. All right, best jersey in your closet, NBA or otherwise? I don't. I don't have one. Uh, in fact, the only. That's yeah. a bad answer on this podcast. <laughs> I you had, don't own I a had, single jersey? Oh, I, I had a Grand Hill one okay. growing up. I don't remember. If, I think I had a Jordan one. Okay. I didn't have many jerseys. I, I wasn't. Yeah, I, I really didn't. Just to put some context. Yeah, just to put some context. Waylon, Nick Nick here has nine Tracy McGrady jerseys. So Holy, so that's I what we're talking about. I don't want to talk about with. it. All right? yeah. none, of, none of them are Pistons, thank God. I was I was a big Tracy McGrady fan growing was up. Was it? I mean, growing, you're, like <laughs> yeah. you said, you're, kind of, you're around our age. Like It was impossible to not love Tracy McGrady in like 2003. Right. I was a big Anthony Hard- Penny Hardaway fan yep. too. So I don't think I had his jersey though, but I was a big fan of him too. Okay. So. Um, let's see. Will the Lions win the NFC North? <laughs> Oh God! Oh, they're they're winning it right now. Um, <laughs> no, just just I know I know the history of the Lions. Um, they 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 they'll, they'll tease us for a while, um, and then they fall apart. So no, I'm just gonna say no. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Eminem or Big Sean? <sighs> big Sean, not a big. I'm not. To be honest, I'm not a big fan of either one of them. Um, okay. I, I always thought I always thought Eminem was overrated. A lot I'm of my friends. A lot of my friends liked them. We're from Detroit, so I think, I think you know, as a Detroiter, you feel this attachment to them yeah. just because of the city. And some of his music's good. You know, I grew up listening to it, um, but looking back on it, just not a big fan. So I'll go with Big Sean. All right, who will have a better career when it's all said and done, Lure or Ellenson? Ooh. Um, 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 um. I'm going to go with Ellenson, but... It's, I think it'll be close. You know, Lure's kind of starting to come out of his shell a little bit. You know, he's a guy who played for you know several different teams, and this is his first, I guess, long-term st- barring a you know trade. Um, he's in a contract for four years in Detroit. Uh, Van Gundy's likes him a lot. He's he, he's trying to, like I said, get him out of his shell a little bit. They try to get him to shoot a little bit more earlier in the season. Not that he hasn't shot enough, um, but they like like his shooting ability. Um, but I'm going to say Ellenson just because he's going to have the time to develop um, behind some of these guys. Um, he's he's going to develop under Van Gundy, who, who I think th- you know thrives with these stretch fours and does well with them. So I'm going to go with with Ellenson. If he can get get his, his act together defensively and, um, and and get stronger, I think he's got a shot to be a really good player. I feel like Lure, if he would just get a shot somewhere, even if it was for a bad team that would play him like 35 minutes a game, like people would understand. I mean, he's averaging like 15, nine, and shooting 36 percent from three per 36 for his career. He's he's been good everywhere. He's just kind of always been the odd guy out. Um, right. Does Andre Drummond still have braces? Right now? Right now. No, no, no. he doesn't. Okay, Whoa. braces are off. That's All big. right, that was the most important question of this whole podcast. I don't think, yeah, I don't think he does. Okay, that's big. 
right. Uh, what is your favorite thing about Boban? Can't it, believe guy, we haven't talked about him yet. The guy is so like personable. You know, I, I went up and spoke to I we were shoot around I want to say in Cleveland. We were on the road. I, I want to say it was Cleveland. I went up and talked to him. Um, it was the second time I ever talked to him. The first time was in the, in the scrum, so I don't think he remembered. Me. Well, in fact, he didn't remember me much because he, he introduced himself. He, he, in fact, introduced himself before I could introduce himself myself. <laughs> um, and then he asked if I covered the team, and I told him yes. And, the, and then he asked me, "Well, do you, you know, do you uh, travel with us?" I'm like, no, I'm commercial. But he he went on this like long personal connection, like conversation with me about like where I grew up and like all this stuff. So then every time I see him now, he like high fives me unprompted. You know, I don't do anything. Comes up, <laughs> high fives me, shakes my hand. He's probably the most personable NBA player you ever come across. You know, and I think part of it's just being naive. You know, I don't think he understands the role of the media. You know, he's only this like, second. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll learn eventually. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're trying to teach him a little bit, but, uh, but no, he's super personable. I mean, you can ask the guy anything and he'll, he'll try and answer. Now, some words he's, he's not hundred percent proficient in English, um, but he's getting better. Uh, but no, the guy's the guy's a ball to, to talk to. All right, most likely to be traded before the deadline: Demarcus Cousins or John Wall? Uh, just I, probably Cousins. I I feel like every year, yeah. you know, this year too. I mean, even you, you've seen reports about him, um, the Kings dealing him. So yeah, I, I Demarcus. It's the same thing with them every year. Where like the Kings start out like four and two, and everybody's like, "Hey, they might be all right. Maybe they'll be a playoff team." And then they just hit that wall every single year. And I, I'm with you. I think this is going to be the breaking point for them. I think, he, yeah, he's just in the, I don't say the, the wrong spot, but I think it, they need to, he needs to find the, the right spot for him. And I think he can flourish. I mean, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's probably one of the better centers in the league. I put him up there, you know, he's comparable to Andre Drummond and everything else. Um, but yeah, he needs, he needs to find the right environment. I don't think he's, he's in it with Sacramento. Will the Pistons be active before the trade deadline, Aaron? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no. Uh, just because, you know, th- th- they haven't gotten their whole team together yet. You know, Jackson's going to come back here in a week or two. Um, I don't think you'll see the, the real Pistons for another, maybe not till the end of December, around Christmas time. That's going to give them about a, about a month or so to, to get going. Um, and, 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 it, and they could make a trade, but I think it, to do that, it's going to require kind of blowing some of, some of what Van Gunny's built up. I mean, I don't know if he wants to do that. Uh, you know, you, you got you got um, Contavious Caldwell Pope's going to be a restricted free agent in the offseason. Uh, Reggie Bullock's going to be the same thing, but he's out injured. So I, I just I don't see them. No, I don't see them making a move. All right. So other than Boban, who's been your favorite player to to talk or interact or interact with on a daily basis? You know, Ish Smith's really personable and real likable guy. Um, even after, even after bad games, the guy just never seems to get a smile off his face. He's always you know chatty and he'll talk to you about pretty much anything. I'm always in a good mood. Uh, so yeah, probably probably Ish Smith. I've heard that a lot about Ish, and that, that you know, hearing that and seeing his play on the court, it, it always amazes me that he just can't stick long term somewhere. But I've I've heard that from multiple people. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted the same thing when he when he kind of came in, you know, and he got the starting role and everything else. You you wonder why the guy hasn't got more of an opportunity in in, in one spot. Um, but yeah, that's it, it baffles me too. The guy the, the guy's clearly not a locker room problem. I mean, Van Gundy likes him, the players like him. He seems to get along with everybody. Uh, so yeah, he's 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 a good one to deal with. Uh, here's an interesting one. Should Van Gundy play his starters less? Traditionally, his starting five has played a lot more than other starting fives around the league. It's funny because we just talked about this in shoot-around today. He, he was, and he brought this up uh, in, a, in a diatribe a few weeks ago about you know coaches 
electing to sit their players for opting for rest or the case may be. He's not a fan of it. So he's not, I'll tell you this right now, he's not going to do it. Uh, he, he's a big believer in putting his best five on or his, you know, his best players on the court. And he believes that's going to give them an opportunity to win. You know, when you don't do that, um, he feels like they have, they have more of an opportunity to lose. So no, he won't do it. I mean, if anything, minutes will go up depending on uh, lineups and, and everything else. No. All right. Final one. Worst hair, Bano Udra or Aaron Baines. <laughs> it's funny because I'm I'm trying to get a, write a story about uh, Baines's hair. Uh, he's not very media. Baines isn't very media friendly. He's a nice guy, uh, real, real, <laughs> but he just doesn't like talking to reporters. And I, I don't. Maybe he's been burned in the past. I, I don't know. Uh, you but can't I'm trying to your hair like that and not expect people to ask right, questions. Right. right, right, right. So I'm trying to work a story. Worst hair. I'm probably gonna go with Benno just because Benno's is more greasy and just like there. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, he dyes it too, right? Like his natural hair color is not that like bright blonde on top. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I should probably ask him that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Get, get to the bottom of that uh, when, you, when you have a chance. Uh, that's it for Rapid Fire. Aaron, awesome stuff. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, thanks again, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Enjoy that Fairfield. I will. Thanks, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.